Welcome. We're back. Another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm still trying to figure out my camera angle. Mitch said I don't like it. <laughs> I, I the desk is going up. It's going down. I, I looked like a a toe earlier. I was sitting there like that. Man, that's a screenshot. Anyway, I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. You all know Dan Lamagna. What's up, Dan? What's going on, boys? Just it's startup season here. You know, every year I say I'm not, I'm not doing anymore, and then you know it's like potato chips. You got to have more than just one. So. Join some startups and ready to talk about them tonight. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, hold on. Mitch, what's going on, man? We weren't sure if you were going to make the show. Wait, so there's only one freeway in Utah. There is. There's like one major freeway and there's a water leak and like the road buckled. But I was I was okay. I left. I did leave work a little bit early. Don't let anybody know, but it's all right. I made it here for Dynasty Theory. But I was just looking at our backgrounds. Like we have like half a Lions jersey on one side. We have like Rocky shorts behind Dan and then Power Rangers. You can it's a lot that. of Power Rangers, man. Well, now, now. Ooh, I like that view, JB. That was like. I, I don't. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do here. It, it really captured our backgrounds because, you know, I mean, I don't want to knock on anybody, but you know, a lot of podcasts, it looks like they're working out of their mom's like, you know, spare room, you know, so we, we got some cool backgrounds, boys. All right. I see Greg B. Hart. Oh, Paul. All right, Paul, what's going on? Kev, and then Dynasty 30 Fantasy. But Paul's here spying because we're in a draft together, and he sniped Ooh. me with Kadarius Tony. I'm still mad at Paul. Yeah. Is that? yeah. Kadarius Tony, that, that might be a blessing that you got sniped on him. Uh, okay. Rookie drafts, for the most part, have come and gone, right? And as we typically do, we're sitting here in July, the dog days of summer within the dynasty calendar we need to find some things to do and of course within the discord different different startup drafts we're, we're picking up all right so tonight we want to spend some time talking about uh you know startup draft strategy analysis we have several of these episodes a year right so it's not okay we haven't talked about this you know we've touched on all of this for the most part several times over the last seven months you know but i think what's interesting to to talk about this now we go through and at different stages in the off season and mitch you hit the nail on the head you've talked about this for four years now you see the ebbs and flows of uh different values based on not just position but veterans and and youth alike right so we we go through the off-season cycle, and we're getting to the point now, and you can kind of see it in the startups, the season is approaching. If you take part in an early off-season startup, if you take part in one where uh, the, the drafts are really underway, rookies are elevated. And now you kind of see that there was that nice mix. And I think when we get into the middle end of August, there are going to be situations where you look back at it and you're like, wow, how did that rookie slip to that point of the draft? So tonight, there's really two things I want to focus on with the drafts that we're in. Mitch and I actually took part in the same exact draft, two different teams. We're not co-managing that one. And then Dan is currently in one. I think it's in like the 12th round or so. So we can touch on his team up through the 11th. But it's the way we constructed our roster. Not only that, but maybe runs that we saw in these two particular drafts. Maybe it's uh, where certain value is slipping because I, uh, Dan and I were talking before the show and he's sitting there in the 11th round and I'm not going to give any spoilers to Dan's pick. I know how he gets, but he's like, JB, I, I don't, I'm not thrilled with any of these guys. And I said, yeah, none of them really are like, Oh my God, I got to get this guy, but you would love to have all of them. If you had multiple picks in the 10th, 11th round and the way I constructed my roster when we get to it I you know I don't want to toot my own horn because modesty it's probably one of my strongest suits but I love my team I'm gonna be on I well, at least there's spent, one of us in here that does listen I already spent the winnings for that league yeah all yeah. right I contacted you and league James safe. Connors running back one I contacted league safe and I said hey I, I think I locked this one up already, guys. And they said, JB, don't you worry. We're, we're going to wire you the money. We'll keep it on the down low, though. All right. So 
Dan, let's talk about your league here first. And I did not have time to go through and make graphics. I apologize. Uh, that was the plan initially. I know, I know. We got Mitch coming home racing without a highway to get home, and I can't even put together graphics. So, Dan, 12-team Superflex, 0.75 PPR across the board, and then an additional 0.75 PPR for tight end. So it's 0.75 and 1.5. Starting requirements, they're going to be a little bit different when we compare the two leagues. Quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, four flex, and a super flex spot. So we have 11 starters. Going into this, what were your overall thoughts? You know, they, people always say, you got to be water. I'm sorry, but I freaking hate that expression. It's so overused. All right. And no uh, disrespect. Uh, who was it? Bruce Lee? Is that who said it? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I thought you talked about other podcasters. I thought you were just taking shots at people out there. And I was I was sitting here and agreeing with it. We no, no, Bruce no, Lee. but it's so overused. You know, you gotta be water, you gotta you gotta zig when they zag, you gotta Draft zag when they zig. Uh but Dan going in, what were your thoughts here heading into the draft? Besides so be lot water. Of, besides be water, a lot of thoughts. One, this is a little bit of a higher stakes league. It was a hundred and seventy-five dollar buy-in. I'm also in a fifty dollar buy-in now. You guys know I normally like to win now. So with a higher stakes league, I was going to be more aggressive to win now. I'm always a get my guys kind of person. So I wanted to be aggressive in the first couple of rounds, try to trade to get whoever it was I was targeting. We could get into players as we go. Um, JB, you mentioned the scoring, you know, 1.5 PPR tight end and 0.75 uh, PPR for wide receiver. So uh, although I want to get depth at receiver and still get those studs this year. I like getting those studs at receiver, maybe not quite as much as, you know, I, I think the league that you and Mitch are in where it's two point PPR tight end and full point PPR wide receiver it takes a little more pressure off me there. You know, so I look at maybe running back a little more heavy in this league than I would in yours. Um, but four flex spots too. I want to make sure I'm getting some production and some depth and, you know, have a lot of balance, 11 starters, so that, that was a little bit of my approach. I was going win now, and that meant I was trading draft capital. And I did. I, I, I wiped out one through four. That might tie in good. I didn't even get, I've been enjoying your solo pause, JB. I didn't get to the one on draft capital yet. I'm dying to dive into that one, but I'm sure it's going to tie in. Yeah, Dan, thanks for the plug there. I appreciate it, man. But I've been doing some solo, very quick hitting pods on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this episode on the podcast feed, Head over there, check them out. Again, they're like two to five minutes. I talked about the the true value of future late-round draft picks, how we should be comparing 24, 25, and 26 first to 23 rookie picks, and then also just some of my favorite league settings. So uh, we'll be spitting a few of those out every week. I have fun doing them, and you're stuck listening to my voice, so even better. Uh, so, Dan, you, you said you came in, and as you typically do, the Dan LaMagna uh style if you will you're hemorrhaging your your future draft capital all right that's a problem for dan in 2024 and beyond but you're looking at your roster here and you even mentioned it that you attacked running back maybe a little heavier in this draft than you would have otherwise because of the scoring it's not full PPR across the board. It's not the two PPR for tight ends. But what did you see here? And I'll get to the first two picks in a minute, but I want to speak specifically to the running backs. Did you see overall a lack of uh, runs across the board that allowed this to open up for you? Because I'm looking at where you took these guys. I don't mind the overall value, but it's an interesting uh, construction of your roster compared to where Mitch and I went with the running backs. Yeah, and I'll start with the one thing I left out too is uh, it's maybe Captain Obvious here, but it was super flex. So I was going to get my two quarterbacks as well and, and said get it was them. Super flex. No, I'm saying I, I didn't emphasize that on my end as far as my strategy going in. Um, so, you know, we were talking about my thoughts of receivers, tight ends, and running backs. So I went in there with pick one eight, and there was an instant quarterback run. First eight guys off the board were, mm -hmm. or first seven guys before me were quarterbacks. So then that took me to Lamar. And then from there, it's like, okay, I want to get 
with my next pick, I like building receiver before running back. But I wanted to trade and kind of get what guys I could get early. So I ended up going with – I wanted Lamb. He went. Garrett Wilson went. You know, guys that made sense around that point to get to me. So you said before, JB, when they zig, you got to zag. And I ended up getting Dak to get my two quarterbacks. And then I traded my first-round pick to move up to get McCaffrey. So that was my start with getting, you know, mega running back stud. And then I would know I'd have to come back later and try to get those young, talented receivers that I would need to – be happy at that position. So and that's what I did. Even though I was aggressive trying to play win now, a lot of these guys I'm drafting, JB, are young. You know, so even though I don't have picks next year, my team's not aging anytime soon, and I think it could still compete right away. Mitch, you have to look at this team, and at least through the first two picks, you have to like the direction that Dan went with the double quarterback tap. I do. I like it a lot. When you get Lamar and Dak, you're set up. But my problem is, and this problem with – Dan's draft and your draft, John. Ah, uh, get out of here. There's no stacks. <laughs> Where are the stacks? I want stacks. And I don't see one stack on your team. I don't see one stack on John's team. Like, it's great when you have Lamar and you have Dak. You want to mix some of his pass catchers in. Just, like, even if you do one, it's better than none. Well, and, I'm, not, and I'm, not playing, I'm not playing DFS here. Yeah, I love stacks too, Mitch, and I, and I agree with that. With me... Lamb went earlier than I thought because I thought I was going to get Lamb on the backswing. He went, and then I, I wasn't necessarily going to take Dak where I took him, but then Deshaun Watson went before me, so then the drop was coming. And, and I'm I'm just – I'm off on the over-aggressive Anthony Richardson. Um, so, to me, Dak was just the best quarterback available at that point, and I, I didn't want a chance where it was going after that. So And then Lamar, like people t- took Bateman before I could get Bateman. Like, they're just – Guys go earlier sometimes, Mitch. They, they ruin that stack fun for us. I know. So I don't like your quarterbacks anymore. <laughs> really quick mental note. I have talking points there when we get to my team, but I don't want to keep bouncing around. So remind me, Mitch, stack talk, stack attack when we get to my team. All right. So, Mitch, first th- or first five rounds here for Dan. We got three running backs off the board. 205, we got McCaffrey. 409, we got Walker. 505, we got Stevenson. So I'm there. Out- the inner Mitch came in with me, and, and and I got Kenneth Walker. I must have heard Mitch's Love voice it. when I got Love Kenneth it. Walker. I don't know what overcame me, but it must have been the spirit of Mitch. Sorry. Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, Mitch, what are your thoughts here about these running backs? It, I mean, it puts you in a fragile position when you're loading up on running backs this early in the draft. It does unless you have those two quarterbacks that you could trade for whoever you want in the future. That's the one nice thing is when you start off with those two quarterbacks, they give you the ammunition to no matter what happens with the rest of your team, you could always move Lamar. You can normally move Dak. Dak is kind of in that weird kind of middle-ish area right now in the tiers, but Lamar, you can move him at any time. And so I love the backs that he got with Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker. You're getting uh, the Kenneth Walker... Uh, decline in value right now. And Ramondre Stevenson, if he does get that passing workload, he's going to be a top six, seven back in the league if he gets it. That's, you know, why you end up getting him in the fifth round because if you know for sure, he'd go in the second round. But I love those kind of backs because those backs are the kind that can win you the league. It's not, I, I'm not picking on your team at all, but it's just the first one that came to my head, John, is Miles Sanders, right? Miles Sanders, like, well, we love where he's at. But well, we like his projection, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's Miles Sanders, and he's kind of always been Miles Sanders, right? Right, no, no, and, and that's whenever the the price points come into play. Well, without again, doubt. now building with Lamar and Dak or any two quarterbacks to start, I think it gives you that opportunity. And uh, Mitch, uh, one of the rare times I'll agree with you, spot on. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to take those chances at running back, not necessarily in the second, fourth, and fifth, but throughout the draft, that's the one position. I don't, again, I don't mind looking at it from a one or two year window because the price to acquire with the the way the NFL is dictating the change in dynasty. And this has been a gradual process, but maybe it has overcorrected to an extent within the dynasty community. We are getting phenomenal value on running backs that are going to produce again in that one to two year window. And 
having the quarterback situation solidified and maybe you don't like Dak, but you could plug in maybe a Watson there or somebody, uh, somebody that, that you would like, and I say you as the, the listener here, but it gives you that flexibility because now going those two quarterbacks early, you're not concerned about where the quarterback run is going to be with that secondary market with the quarterback 15 to 25, where I I've in the past said, Hey, I like to trade back because it minimizes risk buzzword, Mitch for me drink. And it allows you to stay on the right side of any quarterback runs. Well, because you double tap those quarterbacks, you really don't have to worry about that. And now you can pick up other value. So Dan, I'm going to throw another question over to Mitch before Dan's giving me the, nope. Just one other thought too. That was also part of the reason why I traded up to get another pick in the second. I agree with everything you said about taking two quarterbacks, but, but now trading up, I didn't sacrifice as much because I was able to get another key key guy. And the other piece with this format is I'm only starting two receivers. If I had to start three receivers, good point. that would have, you know, balanced me a little bit more of, of being aggressive running back as I was. I would have, I would have balanced that even more. I think with the, that's a good point too. looking at roster construction and the league settings and the requirements. When you have two running backs, two wide receivers, Mitch, doesn't that, it gives you that increased flexibility and you can take more shots. It's not like in the back of your head, oh man, I got to get those three wide receivers to fill out my starting roster. Yeah. When you don't have to worry about the, oh, I'm starting. I think I actually have a team that I drafted this year that I have MVS in the starting lineup right now. I'm like, that's not good. That's not good drafting (laughs) at all. Yeah, that could be some trouble. That could, he's going to give you some spike weeks, though. He's going to give you some, some spike yeah, weeks. One, but this isn't a pro MVS conversation here. Um, so I found this interesting too, Dan. You went with the quarterbacks. You went with the three running backs somewhat early, and with your build, you know it's interesting because you went with young receivers that we'll talk about here, starting in the third. At 305, you took Drake London. 602, you took George Pickens. 11-3, you took Sky Moore. And you only have to start two wide receivers. But in that group, yeah, the, the prospect looks good. But what's that immediate production going to look like? Are you wasting valuable points from Kishchen? Christian, he's just such a great player. Christian, uh, Christian McCaffrey, because now look at look at the rest of your starting lineup. It, there's question marks there for the immediate future. There is, and I, I think like any lineup, you could probably poke holes in any lineup. But this for me is a bet on my rankings and my players. If I'm wrong, I'm gonna be able to live with it because I didn't just read Joe Schmo's magazine and went with what I read. Like, it's just a lot of belief in Drake London. Once Olavi and Garrett Wilson's off the board in a draft for me, to me, Drake London's the closest guy there. So to me, I got the next best dynasty receiver after they were gone. And and he should, he really came into his own late last year. And I, I think that Atlanta offense is only going to evolve. So I'm high on him, and I'm high on Pickens. You guys know that. I'm getting yelled at in the chat. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you, man. Man, let the man build the way he wants. <laughs> I, I am kind of. I am. Uh, Mitch, it's good to you... look both ways, though. Yeah, you got to take the filter off sometimes, so it's good. Uh, Mitch, yep. Historically, you have been a big <laughs> proponent of going. Ah, Kev says not just because I have his <laughs> twenty-four awesome. first. Man, Kev is going to be rolling in the money when he gets Caleb Williams next year. Holy cow. But Mitch, you've been a proponent of going tight ends early in, you know, anything where you're basically doubling up the points mm-hmm. from the premium of the other positions. How do you think Dan's looking here with Sam Laporta and nobody else at tight end to speak of? Honestly, I changed. Like Kelsey's old enough now to where I don't really want him in startups. Still like Andrews. I can't buy into Hawkinson. I like Goddard, but he's always injured. So there's not two guys that I really want to. Kittle's always injured. There's not two guys I really want to buy into. So 
I kind of like this strategy. It's kind of the strategy I go with. Um, in mine, in 811, I got David and Joku. At 808, Dan got Sam Laporta. You know, it's just, I'm just taking shots on guys now and hoping to get one of the big ones if I'm missing out on Andrews. Like, I can't even take Kittle at where he's going in startups right now. I just, I'd love to. I can't trust the quarterback and I can't trust him, you know? So it's just kind of, and I could talk myself that way with almost every tight end outside of Andrews right now. When it comes to the one-off positions, even though with the premium and the super flex aspect, it's not one-off, but you know what I mean? With quarterback and tight end, this is why I like to get them early if possible. And you'll see when we get to my draft, if we ever do, because we've spent a lot of time picking apart poor Dan's lineup here. But whenever uh, we're looking at it, I like to get those positions early because you said it, Mitch, you see a lot of people reach because of the premium and yeah, when he's healthy, he has that ceiling and I'm talking about a George Kittle, but you know, is it best to wait on those players than a David Njoku or a Sam Laporte in the eighth when we see the type of value that is going to be out there across the board, not just in Dan's draft, but also the one we took part in. So I, I like the approach. And Dan, I think you said, again, I'm not going to give anything away, but you have two of the next five picks or something like that. A lot's happened uh, during this podcast here. It's kind of playing out. Um, (laughs) We we were talking before the show, kind of seeing where it went. And JB and Mitch made sure I got my backup tight end and Dalton Schultz with my next pick. And then two of the next five, I knew I needed to get another receiver. Three running backs went after Schultz. AJ Dillon was one of them, JB. And then Mike Williams went. I was between Mike Williams and Tyler Lockett. And uh, so he, the decision was made for me. I got my boy Tyler Lockett as I'm high on Seattle this year. So I guess we some nice veteran production right now to compliment my young receivers in case anyone, you know, doesn't meet expectations. Big Paul says, but Dan, you don't have Tony. You don't have Tony. <sighs> I'm going to have nightmares of Paul tonight sniping me at Kadarius Tony. And I, I even tried to trade him after the fact and give a little extra and he wasn't budget man. And he's a Giants fan. He should be salty that he busted in New York. Uh, I, I just don't understand. All right. You have five trades up to this point that are at least on the show sheet here. What's your favorite one from not just how it played out, but the the overall value you think you may have picked up because of it? <sighs> they all kind of just connected off each other. And I always tell our listeners and, and I'd be interested in both of your strategies. I know you, you guys, I've, I've always admired how you kind of go in there trying to gain value and, and sometimes trade back. I more trade up and then kind of see how it goes. And I've tried to take some notes from you and occasionally trade back, but one trade, I mean, I, tr- I was aggressive in getting JSN and then someone wanted them. So I was able to, Swap you flipped JSN him pretty quickly. And, what's that? You flipped yeah, fl- him pretty quickly to get fl- your running Flipped him as quick as I had him. And then I was really excited to get him, but someone else wanted him. And I had a feeling someone else would want him. But, you know, we, when you kind of watch how the draft board's going and you see some guys really aggressive after those young rookies, young studs, it's like, okay, I'm going to get him and be happy with him. Or the, I know there's a good chance I could flip him, and I did. And that's where I ended up going with Kenneth Walker, Mitch. I, I flipped um, JSN plus a 7-5, which turned out to be Damian Pierce, and then like a later 14th, I moved back two picks. I got Kenneth Walker. I got a fifth-round pick, which gave me Ramondre Stevenson, and that closed the gap on that McCaffrey trade for me too, where I gave up a first and a seventh. Now I only – or I, a fifth. Now I got my fifth back, and I also got a ninth, which I got James Cook. So now my running back room's loaded. Um, I had to get a young receiver. I traded up just a little bit. I gave a little extra to get George Pickens. He may or may not have slid to me, but I wasn't going to chance losing them. And then the trade I think I love the most, JB, to straight up answer your question was I got to another point in the draft where I wanted Tony, as we talked about. I got sniped. The next guy on my board was Mingo. I believe he could be a future number one receiver, but someone else wanted Mingo too. And then at that point, he had Bryce Young. So I knew he wanted Mingo on top of me liking him. And I got that was my 10th round pick. I got two 11s for that 10th. So that's where I got Sky Moore, who I don't like as much as Mingo, but I'm very happy and high on Sky Moore in that Kansas City offense. And then I turned that other 11th into Dalton Schultz. And then I still had my own 11th, which was Tyler Lockett. So the 11th round gave me a good boost and some depth. And you're going to see this, especially when we talk about the the draft that Mitch and I took part in. The Like I mentioned, value in the 9th, 10th, and 11th 
it's whether veterans are going a little bit earlier, whether the rookies are going a little bit earlier, you're seeing value there because that pool of players really starts to open up, especially when you incorporate the steeper tight end premium. Uh, JB, we got Nick. a special guest in the chat here. Yeah. I see. I know. I see it is about time someone comes in here and keeps the men in line, especially Mitchell. It's needed. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's running wild on the podcast each and every week. It's it's sickening to be honest. It's a little much, you. to be honest with you. All right. Mitch. My team. 12-team super flex. Two Beautiful. PPR for tight ends. PPR across the board. Third round reversal. Quarterback. Two running backs. Three wide receivers. Tight end, two flex, and a super flex spot. Ten total starters. You didn't take a quarterback until the fifth. Sure did. Mitch Sorensen, the I got to get my quarterbacks early guy. What happened? You know why I didn't? Because I was drafting at the 110. In my opinion, the get your quarterbacks early really works when you have a top six, top seven pick already. And then you could trade back up into the top six or top seven with your picks in the second, third, use your 24 first, use whatever you need to get up there. It's impossible to do if you have the 110. I mean, there's just, there's not a lot of movement. So in this draft, I decided I don't have any Jamar Chase. I don't have any Justin Jefferson. So I was just like, you know what? I'll wait this time. And honestly, we have to tell everybody this was a dynasty theory pretty much patron draft more or less. Um, So quarterbacks go extremely early. And if you don't have one of those early picks, you're just not, none of them are going to fall. You're not going to see a Christian McCaffrey somehow sneak into the first round or CD lamb somehow sneak in the first round. It just doesn't happen in these leagues. So I decided just to build young and I'll pick up my two quarterbacks later. I love your first two picks. I'm like drooling here. Beautiful. I don't have chase anymore, by the way. Oh, Oh, ah. what? Ah. You traded Chase? Sure did. Oh, I see so, it down there now. So Mitch goes with Chase and Lamb at 110 and 203. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this, noticed this with you, Mitch. When you're, when you're at the 110, 111, 112, mm-hmm. you were very reluctant to trade up out of the first or early second to oh. get up even even closer. You are far more willing if you have that 101 or 102 to keep that pick and then move up from your late second. Yes, exactly. Yep. That's what I prefer to do. And can you elaborate a little bit? Like why, why that drastic change when you're going from, and this isn't a, a gotcha no, question. no, it's just this it's, is for you just it's to the elaborate. cost to do it. I mean, let's say I do want two top quarterbacks, and let's say even Lamar drops to the 108, and I have the 110. In order for me to get a quarterback that I really like, the 110, like it would have to be Dak, right? I would have to end up taking him a little bit early because Herbert's going to be not going to be there, Burrow's not going to be there, none of the other ones are. So it would be t- trading up for someone like Lamar, and then it would cost probably my second, probably a fifth, probably my first. And yeah, I'm going to have my two quarterbacks, but I'm going to have no depth behind it. And I'm probably going to give up future capital to move up to get them in the first place. So I'm already putting myself behind the eight ball if I'm doing that. So in my opinion, if you're drafting in the later half of the first, those early second round picks, people want to trade up for those. So usually in most of mine, because I haven't had any early picks this year pretty much is I'm getting whoever I like at the end of the first. And then I'm trading down with that second as much as I can. And hopefully I could do one or two more trades with that. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at my startup tiers here. There's a, I have a big tier from 203 to 307. Mm -hmm. So that really fits in. If I'm able to move back from that early second to heck, even down to mid third plus plus, I can live with that. And again, this is in super flex or two quarterback and a pretty steep tight end premium. And in this specific league, it was two PPR. And I went the the opposite way. So we can kind of talk about both of our teams because it's the same draft. I had the 101. I took Patrick Mahomes. And I then did something I typically don't do. I traded up to the 106. So if you if you're looking in the Discord, Dan, 
I know it's not often, but if you're looking in the Discord, <laughs> I'm there daily, man. <laughs> I had to. I, that listen, that okay. yeah, they just come okay. so easily to me. All right, oh. all right. So you're looking at a trade poll, and it's 12 team super flex, two PPR, and you see on one side Jonathan Taylor, Drake London, and Michael Pittman, or Justin Herbert and Miles Sanders. Which side do you like? I always normally lean to the quarterback side just because it's so hard to get. But, boy, that's a hefty price on the other side. So it's, it's a close one. Mitch, make me feel good about myself. It's a heavy price to pay. Like, knowing how your team turned out, I'm fine with it, right? But just, like, seeing when you first did it, I'm like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> but, again, it's it's we know that drop-off. Like, I don't want to – have to take a quarterback in the second or third round. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at my tiers like early, or let me rephrase that. I don't want to take a quarterback when we get to the back half of the second or through the third round. Uh, and then we get into the fourth. I'm okay going to other positions with the way I built this team. So I went Mahomes, Herbert with 101, 106. And I hammered wide receiver 401. I took T Higgins 712 Christian Kirk 801 Hollywood Brown 803 Amari Cooper. And then, and I'll turn it over to you here in a second, Mitch, but you wanted to make fun of my running backs. I, Miles I Sanders, Aaron Jones. What was that? Well, like Miles Sanders is like that is just like that running back that comes to mind where you're like, Who's a running back being propped up just because of like his team situation? It's like, oh, Miles Sanders, it is. <laughs> you like Miles Sanders. I do, but I could, dude, he is like the Kenyan Drake of previous years to where, like, I love him now. By the third week in September, I could absolutely hate him. <laughs> but again, we're talking eighth, eighth round draft capital. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But the, Don't the yell way at me, that... John, you already did that enough today. I know, I know. But uh, going. Miles Sanders, Zach Charbonnet, who you hate, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Khalil Herbert. I, I I like the way this build worked for me. And because of the limited draft capital I had throughout the draft, because I did I did pay a pretty penny to move up to the 106, I didn't want to target a running back at 401 because I, I thought it opened me up a little bit too much with the start three wide receivers that I was going to be in a position then that I would be reaching on spots that I didn't feel comfortable with. Um, so for me, because I was in the position and I wanted to move up, I got the the two quarterbacks to start. Dan got the two quarterbacks to start. Mitch, I thought that was you know a good breakdown of why you went with the double wide receivers. But then at 305. Wow, that hasn't happened in years. I know. What are we doing here? Dan must be on Oops. call. But anyway, the worst thing is my phone was on silent, but the watch was ringing. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Dan is the walking Apple billboard. Yes, yes. All right. So three oh five, you took Brees Hall. Is was this more of you didn't want to reach on a wide receiver, tight end, or quarterback in this spot, or did Brees Hall really stand out to you? Maybe because of the way the position was being drafted up to this point. No, I just hate the third and fourth round in dynasty drafts. I hate them. Like, I don't think anyone's a super good value. I think you're getting them right where they are. And Brees is just kind of the one to where I could have hope with Rodgers this year. If he comes back healthy, he's going to be amazing. It's just if he comes back healthy. And then my next pick was Debo, right? And I'm like, hopefully Debo was just out of shape last year. And he is even better this year with Brock Purdy hopefully being healthy for the full season. So for me, it was just trying to get some little upsides that I can on depressed value because last year, you know, Brees Hall was a second round draft pick. Just out of curiosity, Mitch, was there mm -hmm. a quarterback at 410 better than Kirk Cousins or no? No, no, not really. That was, that was only a part of yeah. his, now like, I'm going to have nightmares tonight of him trade and chase. Cause I really loved his, his, that uh, man, I love that. I, I need a stack. Oh, forget the Just stacks. so this everybody a, knows, I traded not, Jamar Chase. Uh, well, what did I do? I traded Chase, Mingo, and Edwards to pick up Amon Ross St. Brown, JSN, and Kamara. 
Got to have my stacks. And now I need to figure out something to do with uh, Cousins because I kind of want to get Dak now because I have CD. So, so Dan, Dan, you asked a good question there about what quarterbacks might be available at that 410 where Mitch took Debo Samuel. And this is where that I, I just talked about it, that quarterback mm-hmm. dead zone hits from a startup perspective because you're passing up on other value. At 307, it was Daniel Jones. Kirk Cousins was the next quarterback at 503. Was there any choices by any chance? I'm Aaron, not Ro- Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love. Geno Pickett. Yeah, that might be a little early for Pickett. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Sam Howell. Yeah, the answer is no. Stafford, <laughs> I like, G- like Geno there. But again, so so these are spots. And Mitch, this is where that double tap it quarterback really uh, – played into my hand here because I was able to get those two quarterbacks. Sure. I didn't have picks for the next like three (laughs) weeks after that, but I see Ron in the chat saying it's always early for picket. Kev love the Hollywood Cooper values. Thank you. If I can count on anybody. It's true. Appreciate the value of veterans. Wait, He didn't hear that. I got Hopkins and cooks. He's going to love where I got them. Man, Kev, Kev's going to be all hot and bothered over there. Uh, but anyway, it, there's so much value elsewhere. And yeah, I mean, there's so many question marks once you get, I mean, outside of the top 12 guys, right? There's so many question marks in general at every position. But if you can limit having to take one of those guys, you know, I think it opens things up for you. And that's pretty much the exact point i started to slam home the veteran wide receivers i got dalton schultz at 9 12 that was something obviously that dan and i talked about mitch you jumped in Mm pre-show and i can't get away from Cortland sutton he follows me around like my shadow i got him at 1201 nobody nobody wants him 13 12 i got rondell moore ryan Tannehill pre deandre hopkins 1601 you know so and i'm going to talk about this on that Uh, dynasty theory youtube channel i'm gonna do a short tomorrow about the tennessee titans but ryan Tannehill now he's at the point with the deandre hopkins signing that you do feel a little bit more comfortable if you think you're contending and he's your quarterback three you don't feel forced to move him for absolute pennies right i think he can possibly give you that that quarterback 18 stat line on a per game basis we broke that down in quite a lot of detail in the discord but I, I more than ever, I just think that value, ideally, I wouldn't have moved up for Justin Herbert. And if I could have done it, I would have moved back from my second. I would have moved back from my third and I would have moved back from my fourth and had every seventh, eighth, ninth and 10th round draft pick. I like how the running backs fell for you, JB. When I look at your strategy, we talked about miles at eight, good offense, you know, good opportunity. Charbonnet and three of us could debate, but it gives you some good dynasty upside. But most specifically in the 10th round, Aaron Jones is a nice dude's a stud. I mean, so if you're looking to compete this year and you, your strategy was to, you know, get the running backs later, that's good. And then James Conner 11th, as much as I hate Arizona this year, and we always worry about Conner getting hurt at 11th round pick. You're going to get production this year, I think. And then Mitch, going with your strategy, you know, I I, I like that you got Goff at 509. And, and I think two things for listeners. One, you're a Lions fan, and I think that's a fun pick, and you should have fun while you play fantasy too. But I don't think that's why you took him. I mean, that he is in a really good situation where it seems the organization believes him. I ain't buying the head and hooker anything, you know. So I, I think you got a few good years out of him. I'd be a little bit worried with Cousins at age 34 in the directions of the Vikings. That would be my only dynasty worry for you there. Um, you know, I don't know if they – you need. I need an extra quarterback on that roster, Mitchell. But even nah, I'll trade for one. I'm fine. This sure. is where Mitch and I kind of overlapped a little bit. I love the Nick Chubb at 610 and the J.K. Dobbins at 703. Get the values there are oh, crazy that was sweet. right now. They're high upside running back plays, and you, you're minimizing your risk. I talked about that earlier mm-hmm. by not pulling the trigger and spending, even though I love Christian McCaffrey as I uh, had a little uh, fumble earlier in the episode little callback there but to spend a second on a running back with how vulnerable all of them are even though McCaffrey I think he's an absolute unicorn when he's on the field 
you know, he's getting you 20 plus points a game. And because of that, he he separates himself even more so because of the other backfields and the way things are playing out. But if I if I'm looking at it, Brees Hall at 305 or J.K. Dobbins at 703, J.K. Dobbins is looking like a steal there. Free agent year too. And you know, Contract so year, right? uh yeah, yeah. Um, he was talking about maybe holding out, but I mean, he hasn't been on the field at all, so I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Everything we're um, reading about Chubb says he's going to smash this year. I always love Nick Chubb. So at 6'10", again, that's that's solid running back she got there at 6 and 7. Kudos. Yeah, so it's it's getting Dalvin the Cook middle. at 11. I wouldn't rule that out either, too, for Mitch. I mean, I really think he's a stud. JB, you and I were talking before Mitch topped on pre-show, listening to him on the Schefter podcast, had you know the procedure on his shoulder, which is something that he said he should have done three years ago. He just needs an opportunity, so it could be sneaky. Yeah, I don't know if I would throw this word stud around with Dalvin Cook. I just think my team's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, true. I really should frame this team and put it stud on the football wall. player. Except for I'll trade it all in two weeks. So Yeah, work. and so I, I I wish we would have jotted down the entire draft. I wanted to focus more on, you know, down to the 16th here. But at 15.03 and 16.10, Mitch, you went with a little bit more production with these grizzled vets as opposed to an upside play. Is that something you typically do once you hit these middle rounds? And I'm I'm calling the 14th, 15th, 16th middle rounds at this point. I just want some depth uh, because, you know, I wasted a pick on, I took Bigsby pretty early just for the fun of it, really, because there's a few people in the discord who love Bigsby. So I'm like, I'm just going to take him before him. Um, and Wait, when so, did you take Bigsby? Took Bigsby at 110. 11.10. Did I type that in wrong? I took Bigsby. 11.10. Anyways, anyways. Draft. Do you have Dalvin Cook? But you have Dalvin Cook there at 11.10. Uh, I years. don't know. I didn't write that down, John. Did I, I may have messed that um, up. But take <laughs> 11.10. Check, please. Can we have a fact checked on this lineup here? Anyways, anyways. And so I just wanted some good veteran depth. Like, I love Higby this year. Like, in best ball i'm gonna have a ton of them in dfs this year i just think the dude is going to smash like really just do the exact same thing he did last year um with a better quarterback and so and then odell what if odell's actually good for a year i mean he's probably gonna be terrible but what if he is good so i took it just because dude in monkin i trust this year if monkin whatever he says i'm just gonna go with it and so i just wanted to share odell because i don't think i have him on any other of my teams so the few startups I've taken part in, I think uh, three this entire off season, I finished one up. I didn't want to share it in here because it was a start two tight end league. So the where players went off the board in relation to tight ends, it was all wonky comparatively speaking. But I haven't really moved back as I typically, right? but I still haven't moved future first or second round picks. And along the way, for the most part, trying to pick up some of those late round draft picks, which I talked about on the YouTube, uh, the dynasty theory, YouTube channel and the one short, but uh, for me, I went with a balanced approach, three quarterbacks, 11 running backs, 10 wide receivers, four tight ends. I know a lot of folks, they would say, JB, I would like to see fewer wide receivers there, but you know, I, I still can't get away from those guys that ultimately are probably never going to make a difference. But I'm looking at you, Cortland. I'm looking at you, Rondale. All right. Trying to see Rondale. I can't see him behind that grain of rice, though. Uh, and then, Mitch, you went five quarterbacks, nine running backs, 10 wide receivers, four tight ends. And I think that kind of checks out for you. You know, the more yeah. balanced approach. Uh, loading up on the quarterbacks. I, I had three, you had five, taking a few more dart throws there. And then Dan, up to this point, uh, through the, well, we don't have your update. Dan's always thrown monkey wrenches into this because I've updated this, the, the sheet here live, John, up to around 11, three through it's updated. All right. Well, I can't keep track. So we got what? Two quarterbacks. One, two, three, four running backs. One, two, four wide receivers. Three, four wide receivers, two tight ends. So, I mean, balance, baby, balance. 
a very balanced approach. Now, have you did you guys try to trade back much and just have little success? Honestly, um, I've been kind of I don't want to say lazy in my startups, but normally I just let the picks the trades come to me. And then when as soon as someone offers, I'm like, okay, there's at least a little bit of um want there in the pick, you know what I mean? So then I'll go do it, but I'm not really ever trying to move up. So I'm not really setting a lot of offers to do that unless it's in every league. I'll always do the 24 first for a fifth. I spam it out to everybody. And if someone takes it, someone takes it. Normally don't send them to John because he just will never accept a trade that I send him. But I do that in every one of them. Besides that, I'm not really being aggressive and trying to move up in any of my drafts. Now, can I, well, moving back as well. Yeah, moving back. I mean, I'll do it a little bit if someone says they want to move back, but more than likely, I'm not really doing much, to be honest. How much of that comes into play because it's mostly with our patrons? That's the big reason why. Yep. Because if you're not the one person who's collecting those 24 firsts, you're not going to get them anyways. And I can't get any leverage to save my life because... If I have a player that should be going in the eighth, let's say, yep, and <laughs> everybody knows I value them like a sixth, well, that's the price I got to pay. And more so in existing leagues. Hey, JB, your tiers say this. Yes, but that's not market. Give me the market price. So I kind of, meh. Um, let's see. Remember that time I 3 p.m.? Mitch and I do not remember. Oh, yeah. So that was like the original league that like Dan and I were in. Like the best team, and I'm not saying I've had the best team. There's been years where Dan's had the best team. The best team has never won that league since it started. It's always like weird runs, and then like someone else will win it. It's weird. Last year, this guy won that is totally inactive. It's just oh, bizarre. Yeah. Like just <laughs> you get 15 DMs, and you yeah. don't get it, hear anything. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Inactivity kills me. Yeah. JB, to your last question of trading up and being aggressive – I love how you maybe started when you're having your coaches talk early about zigging and zagging. When I know a lot of guys in the league, I like to try to like, I'll always go after some of my guys, but I do like to try to be unpredictable. I'm a Cowboys Homer, but I've got Cowboys in so many leagues. I have many drafts where I just won't touch them. Um, So it depends, but round by round, you know, it it really depends on the flow of the league. If there is a guy I'm, I'm really targeted and it makes sense to get him, I'll be aggressive trading up. If I'm in a round where I don't like anything, I mean, it depends how you define aggressive. I'll at least put something in the chat and say, hey, anyone looking to move? And I just kind of let it flow itself. But I'm never forcing anything. It's just seeing how it goes. Yeah, it's part of it because of the, the folks that we're taking part in these leagues with, they're, we're talking to them 24-7. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating as all heck. But, uh, you know. You got to keep something in your pocket, JB, for when that happens. You know, you got to keep a little trick in the sleeve there. A little, listen, you know, I am an open. Tool, the tool belt. No, I, the toll, the toll belt. I, toll I am belt. an open book here. Dan's always, hey, Dan, what do you think about this player? Well, JB, I'm going to sit here for about 10 minutes and say words, but I'm not really going to say anything because I'm in the middle of a startup and I don't want to, I don't want to show my hand, JB. All right. As the rock says, uh, that did not I've, sound I've like the wrong way for the <laughs> listeners, though. I, I put the listeners first, but you gotta, you know, you gotta gotta play the game still. Gotta play the game still. I mean, there's a reason I won nine dynasty championships last year, JB. I'm not a little shameless, nine. Player, you know. I haven't nine. won nine dynasty championships in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> What's a championship? I don't know what that word is. Uh, but yeah, so a little bit more selective and moving up because uh but I have been a little bit more aggressive, like Dan talked about. If I'm seeing, okay, we're, we're approaching the end of a tier that I have. Now, there have been times, and I'll call out Dalton Schultz specifically, because especially in 2PPR, and I keep describing him as an accumulator, I think he's going to be that guy. What did I say? 90 catches, 500 yards. Yeah, he's going to be something. Yeah, we'll see. But I am significantly higher on somebody like Schultz than Market. So if he's floating around and he's that last guy in that tier for me, I don't necessarily feel the need to move up for him. It just comes out to whenever the the market is not far off from my value on a player. Okay, maybe I got to test the waters here and see if I can move up. And 
something I like to do, and I've talked about this, uh, I actually talked about it today. If you're able to move up and on the back end, let's say I drop from 605 to 810, you know, just say that's one big tier for me with super flex and tight end premium. So yeah, I'm dropping back two rounds to maybe move up from the fourth to the third to get into that tier that it, where there's one player left, but I'm really not losing anything from my perspective, the way I'm valuing these guys when I got that big clump together. So I think overall when, when moving up or moving back, being selective and not just, Hey, what is, what do you think of this value? Well, how does it shake out in terms of how do my tiers see it? But also let's say, you know, Dan has his own tiers, whoever has their own tiers, just look at that range for you. Hey, I have 30 guys in this tier. I don't care if I move all the way down two and a half rounds. I'm still getting a guy of equal value. So yeah, I can move up elsewhere or, or vice versa. So I think it's critical to have your own uh, values and thoughts going into it. And of course, no issue using my tiers in the Dynasty Theory Patreon just as a guide, just as a guide. I love those tiers when you're looking at trading back, you know, Hey, what's going to fall back to you in the, in, in the tiers you kind of project like looking at the other team's rosters to see who they may need or which way the draft's going. And I think when looking at trading up, if I'm targeting a guy, I kind of put myself in the place. Like I, I gave the example of trading up for George Pickens a little bit. If this draft ended, he's a guy I'm going to go after. Like if I know there's certain guys that are my guys and I might try to trade for them after how is that going to compare to what I would give up during the draft? So if I, you know, if I was going to pay more later or if he goes off, I might, I might be a little more aggressive during the draft. Mitch, I'm looking at your draft here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, your 11th pick, you took your first rookie. Are you still seeing at this point in the dynasty offseason cycle? They're going a little bit too early for your liking. With our patrons, they are. Like it's great. You're mean, over 22 years old. Get out of here, you senior citizen. Exactly. Like you, you got to get anyone if they're 23. You got to kick him out of the league now. But no, I just think it's a lot of the times it's people who you play with. Like I'm in a startup right now that I think is going to go drastically different because I think it's a little bit more of people that are outside of the dynasty theory bubble. And so we're going to see some different draft picks and maybe I could get values. But in a lot of our leagues, and people are going to see this you know, going out to different leagues. If you play in a league with people who are really into dynasty and it's not like, Oh, Hey, this is my second league, but it's their fifth, sixth, seventh league. It's what you see is the rookies go so early that to me, like if I want to try to win this year in this league, I was trying to win this year. I'll get second to you, John, but that's okay. But if I'm trying to win, I don't want to stack with a whole bunch of rookies. Like I like this rookie draft. I wasn't someone that was hating on it the whole time. But at the same time, I could like it and still see that a lot of these guys really aren't going to help me this year. Like, I love JSN. JSN in college was amazing. I don't want JSN starting for me this year. It's just how I see it. At least yeah, not it early. Is. But but Mitch, Mitch took a youthful team, JB. That's like even though you mentioned the rookies, our league mates are over-aggressive. They take them earlier than Mitch was comfortable getting them. So, hey, he takes a second year running back in round three and Brees Hall, who, you know, hey, Mitch, hang in there and be a little patient. Like, once his legs are back, he's got his whole, he, he's got a lot of good running back years ahead of him. I think he's going to be a stud. And then Mingo in round 10, you know, hey, the early rookies didn't go to you. You took him. Now you traded him, but you, you know, you traded him for JSN. So he ended up in a good place either way. Yeah. But, I think he took him at the right times. And then Shoemaker just depends on how that Dallas situation plays out. But he's a nice flyer based on how Dallas has used tight ends historically. Yeah, I think time and time again, we see the discount on even young veterans mm -hmm. when you're in these startups. And Mitch, we talked about this earlier today. And you got a little snippy with me. And I, I just, let me, let me describe the story real quick. I hope the story is exactly how it went. I'll, no, I'll no, no, no. This is with the coffee situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm driving to work this morning. And before I get in the car, I'm at home enjoying some coffee. And uh, this is freshly brewed coffee, keep in mind. And we're, we're going back and forth. And, you know, it's 8.30 a.m. my time, 6.30 Mitch's time. We're getting snippy already, guys. And... I get in the car, I'm driving, 
I get to a red light. I look at my phone. Mitch says a smart mm, comment. I'm so I'm so frazzled, and it's 55 minutes in, and this is the first time I said frazzled tonight. I get my coffee. I take a sip. As soon, no joke. As soon as it hit my lips, I was thinking this is from Saturday. Today's <laughs> Tuesday. I it's a yeti. I slowly just it just spilled out of my mouth. Uh, but the comment that got me going was the difference between startups and existing leagues. Mm-hmm. And it's spot mm-hmm. on. It really is. And I think you see that more. Like I said, these young veterans, they even tend to slip. And I'm looking at like a T Higgins, uh, you know, going at, at, at 401. Uh, you could put, you know, da, 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 looking at Dan's team, uh, George Pickens, you know, even though I think you took him too high, to be honest with you. But you look at those types of guys and they oftentimes slip a little bit later in startups because these, the new wave comes in, right? So you get that discount, even though they're super young. And that goes to the point that Dan just mentioned JB. Yeah. They, he didn't get rookies, but he still has a youthful team. Mm-hmm. One side note, I did take Pickens a little bit early and I recognize that, but what pushed me to go up and get him is before him, it was Addison, Quentin Johnson, Michael Pittman, Jerry, Judy, Traylon Burks. It was like this five wide receiver long run. And I just didn't want a chance losing out there so that poor burks pick (laughs) the the, the run pushed me the run pushed me all those young receivers were just like flying off the board yeah you should let them continue to fly off the board instead of taking pickings at 602 but you know that's a conversation for another day we're throwing down now let me can i say you know what i'll say this for the final thoughts so do you guys have anything else for the startup talked about the overall roster construction where we might be taking specific position groups in relation to others and then also the range of players that we're looking at. And again, I love that eighth through 10th round. I mean, heck, Dan got Dalton Schultz, Tyler Lockett, guys that should produce this year in the 11th. So you're not looking at a cost that's really going to set you back. So I, I think there's a lot of good uh, information and opportunities there. And mo, you know, a lot of folks in the Discord in these leagues. And like Mitch said, when you get out into the wild – there are going to be differences and you're going to be able to notice that and hopefully take advantage because of that final thoughts. All right, Dan, for the 210th time, what final thoughts do you got for everybody? My final thought is just a happy thought right now, boys. NFL rookie camp started today, but at least uh, I think about a half dozen teams on my chart mm-hmm. almost started rookie camps today. Some teams start the rookies before the veterans. Some teams start them both at the same time, but between today and the 25th, all camps will be opening. So Twitter should be hot or discord should be hot. We should start getting some more player news and fingers crossed. All our, all our picks stay healthy. Dan, thank you. And I said, thank you because I meant to say Mitch. And I said, Dan, <laughs> Mitch, what do you got? <laughs> you're good, you're good. <laughs> um, I was just going to say like all during the off season, we're like, Hey, your lineup doesn't matter. Hey, your lineup doesn't matter with some inactive league mates. It, your lineup starts to matter now because you, it might take him a full month to respond to one of your trades. So now is a great time to start looking at that lineup being like, you know what? I do really need that third wide receiver, or I want to upgrade my tight ends. Now's the time to hammer it hard because there was times I would say three or four years ago to where you could start a week before the season and get a lot of trades done. I just don't see that happen in a lot of leagues anymore. Something I would do. And we talked about this often, uh, keep an eye on the trade bait Mm -hmm. that people are, are updating. If you see something come in, let's say, Oh, Dan just updated his trade bait. This dude hasn't made a trade all off season. He's finally starting to catch up a little bit. He sees, oh, you know, this player might have slipped from where he was in the beginning of the offseason or vice versa, whatever the case may be. That's whenever I start to explore those opportunities with that specific manager that hasn't been around. I'm not saying you got to get a trade done, but I think that's whenever the best chance is, all right, they just logged on. Be a little bit of a stalker. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, It's like send the text. You up? You up trade trade offer sent. Uh, one thing I want to say, and this happened in the Ron's Reaction League, and again, Ron's Reactions live every Wednesday on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel at nine o'clock Eastern. I was able to do 
my favorite type of uh, roster construction with the moves I was able to make. And I was able to move back several times throughout the draft. I picked up two extra draft picks in the first round in 2024. So I have three first round picks. It allowed me to do more of a hybrid approach and go with a more win now roster for this year while also having the insulated assets in those first. So I slammed home the wide receivers early. I got Jamar Chase. That's for you, Dan. Amon Ross St. Brown. That's for you, Mitch. T. Higgins. And then I went Geno Smith, Derrick Henry, Kamara, Darren Waller, Dulcich, Mixon, my man Russ, uh, you know, and several players on the bench. But I was able to pick up those extra depth pieces. I was able to go a more win now roster that I was picking up in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and so on rounds while having the the future draft capital. So ideally, I get that hybrid approach on a uh, every league basis. Is it always realistic? No. And you see that in the league that we discussed in detail earlier. I wasn't really able to trade back, so I actually went up. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that real quick. Anything else? Any more final thoughts? I think we covered a lot tonight. All right. For our listeners, good job. Dan said, let's keep it to an hour. I said, we can make it in five tonight, guys. All right. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Keep an eye out on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel for the shorts that I'll be uploading over the next week or so. And go back and check out the ones that we have if you're interested in the Patreon. Five bucks a month. Tiers, projections. The Discord channel is also free with some Patreon channels. Click the episode. Click the link in the episode description, whether you're on YouTube or the Dynasty Theory podcast feed. We'll see everybody next week. Peace.